Hi, my name is Pastor Emmanuel Sekuma. Welcome to Church of Living Water Podcast. I know this message is going to be a blessing to you, but do me a favor. Please share so others can be blessed as well. God bless you. You love Jesus this morning? Do you serve a living Jesus this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about the mind of Christ, and the subtitle is, Are You Thinking What I Am Thinking? Look at your neighbor and say, Are You Thinking What I Am Thinking? Are you thinking what I am thinking? Come with me for 1 Corinthians 2, 16. I'll be doing some teachings this morning. So please take your time. Follow me. If you can take notes, go ahead. Because this world is about to change your life. Are you thinking what I am thinking? I'm going to deal with the mind. I preached along this sort of subject before. But I, I think that the season that we are in, last week I was dealing with burdens. And I, I, God was just taking me along to deal with the mind because there's so many things going on in the mind. Saints, and if you look at the statistics now, the, 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 the diagnosis of anxieties and depression and mental related issues is going through the roof. And I believe that we have the antidote. God has the answer in the word and we need to bring the good news to the people that hey there is a way and this is the way of Christ and we want to show them and how to be able to take control over their minds to be able to offer that mind to Jesus go ahead to 1st Corinthians 2 16 for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ wow but we have the mind of what? Who is we? A child of God. When you say that, you know what? I believe in Jesus. I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. One of the things that you possess is the mind of Christ. You don't just possess the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit uh, coming to indwell you. But one of the things that God gives us is the mind of Christ. Now somebody said, the greatest weapon, watch this, of any oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. Can I say it again? The greatest weapon of any oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. I'll say it again for the third time. The greatest weapon of any oppressor, when somebody wants to oppress you, their greatest weapon is the mind of the one they want to oppress. And I think the Mandela or something said this thing. Says the greatest weapon, if they catch your mind, that's it. The one that wants to oppress you, his greatest weapon is your mind. The enemy that wants to oppress you, his greatest weapon is your mind. Now, during, um, you know, when Lady Pastor gave birth to the twins and I was home, took some time off with the kids. I began to fall in love with those kiss episodes, you know, like the bananas in the pajamas and the, and then, you know, the, um, what do you call it? The, um, the pepper pigs and that. Because I'm always with the twins and I'm so scared. When she give them to me, I don't want to move. I'm sitting in front of a TV. Say, don't move, don't move. Hey, let's watch this. So I kept watching all these things. But then I began to realize these stories have a lot to tell. There's so many things that... And, my favorite all of a sudden became banana and pajamas. So the kids, Michael and Joel, dad, dad, pajamas, it's on, it's on. And I come with them and we sit there and we're watching. 
But every time I'm watching anything, I try to link it to see what can I learn in regards to this in the gospel. That's how my mind is always like that. So, for example, when I watch Lion King, if you watch Lion King, oh, you go through the Bible, you understand perfectly about the kingdom of God. But that's for another day. But as I was watching Banana and Pajamas, they had this slogan, which I loved. And I want to show it on the screen. I want you to watch this on the screen. Thinking what I'm thinking, me. I think I. Oh, uh, 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 goodness uh, me. Uh, is that the time? Uh, I almost forgot. Oh, something just came up. <laughs> I, I have, have to, to go. go. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 God bless you. That's it. God bless you. The phrase they use is, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Every time they come together, there's B1, B2. And B1 always will say, are you thinking what I am thinking? Now, this morning, I want you to know that God has created us in his own image and in his likeness. It means that God has given us the, his attributes, his nature, his characteristics. And when we were saved, Bible says that we are being conformed to the image of Jesus. It's a continuous process. And that image is to become fully like Jesus. So we are a daily being processed to be in conformity with the image of God. So when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. So I want to see this morning that you will see yourself like that. So I want to use G1 and G2. God is G1 and you and I, we are G2s, ladies and gentlemen. And the Bible says that God who has known the mind of God is God who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of God. And this morning, as B1 will look at B2 and say, are you thinking what I am thinking? God is asking the same question that, hey, G2, are you thinking what I am thinking? I created you in my image. I created you in my likeness. I gave you a mind the same as my son Jesus. So are you thinking what I am thinking? Having the mind of Christ means we will understand the plan of God. We understand what is in the mind of God. When we have the mind of Christ, saints, we begin to take control over our thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 says, 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, by the end of this message, your mind is going to be renewed. You're going to take back what belongs to you, the mind of Christ. Not the mind that's gonna put, you know, mind of depression and anxiety. No, that's not yours. The mind of Christ is what Christ gave to you. Second Corinthians 10, 4 to 5 says, For the weapon of our welfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Watch this, but mighty in God to pull down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, watch this, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus. What a word. Our weapons that we fight it, they are not carnal, but mighty in God to pull down stronghold. Ladies and gentlemen, when the enemy takes stronghold in your mind, he begins to win the battle. 
His strongest stronghold is in your mind. The strongest stronghold of the enemy is in the mind. The strongest stronghold of the enemy, it is in the mind. And the Bible says that we have weapons. And the weapons that we are fighting with, they are not canal. They are mighty in God to pull down any stronghold. We are able to pull down any stronghold, anything that has taken residence in our mind. And the Bible says, casting down arguments, any argument in your life, any argument in your mind. Hey, you are nobody. The argument say you are a failure. The argument said that you are beneath. The arguments, that argument that is telling you, you are amount to nothing. You are always afraid. You are always nobody saying that all those arguments are all in the mind. But the Bible said you are able to pull it all down because you have a weapon. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Fear wants to exalt itself against the, above the knowledge of God. Anxiety wants to exalt itself. Depression. But let me tell you something. Anything that try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, the Bible says that we have the power to pull it all down. Bringing every thought into captivity. If you don't take captive of your thought, your thought will take captive of you. I will say again. If you don't take captives of your thought, your thoughts will take captive of you. If you don't take captive of your thoughts, the thoughts that come into your mind, all the negativity thing, all the, the things the enemy tried to put inside of you, saints, if you don't take captive of that, it will take captive of you. One of the most dangerous people to be around with is people who have let negativity taking captives over their thoughts. Everything they will see it in that light. And when you are around them and you are not careful, saints, you become exactly like that. But God is asking us, are you thinking what I am thinking? Why? Because as a man thinketh, so he is. If you want to know who a person is, just get into their mind straight away. Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 27, 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink and says to you, but his heart is not with you. For as a man thinketh, so he is. You are your thought. You are your thought. You are what you are thinking. So what happens is that when a person has a thought, of negativity, watch them. They become negative people. When a person has a fearful mind, and that mind is full of fear, they live life full of fear. You are what is in your mind. And the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. It means that if we possess the mind of Christ, as a man thinketh, so he is. Therefore, we are Christ. As if we think like Christ, we behave like Christ. I hope you catch that revelation. If you think like Christ, you will live like life like Christ. Is Christ not confident? He is confident. 
Does Christ know who he is? He knows who he is. He knows his identity. Is Christ depressed? He's not depressed. Is Christ anxious? He's not anxious. So as I think and I have the mind of Christ, so I am Christ. As a man thinketh, in his, uh, you begin to think like Christ. You live like Christ. You behave like Christ. You behave like Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Let's read the word. I want you to take note of this word again. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Please, if you can. It says, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I want you to know there's so much going on in our world. But this morning, I want to show some attributes about the mind of Christ. I want to give you some attributes. How does it look like? What does the mind of Christ look like? Number one, the mind of Christ is a mind that is always set on things above. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. I'm just doing some teachings to help you to take control over your mind. To become who God has called you to become. Colossians 3, 1 to 2 says, If then you were raised with Christ, note that if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, with where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind on things where? Above, not the things of this earth. The things of this earth is full of anxiety and depression and sadness and fear and so forth. But God is encouraging us to be able to lift up our minds because the mind of Christ is a mind that is concerned with the heavenly activities, that is concerned with heavenly agenda, that knows that, hey, I have a God in heaven who is going to supply all my needs according to his glorious riches. So whatever is happening in the economy on this earth, my mind is set on things above because why? This is where my supply is going to come from. This is where my peace is going to come from. This is where my joy is coming from. This is where my protection is coming from. My mind is set on things that is above. And ladies and gentlemen, when your mind is set on things above, your mind cannot be defeated. But if your mind is not set on things above, to know that you are above, not beneath, then you are always going to have your mind set on things below. Anything that is low you think about. Anything that is not from God you are thinking about. All the things that is not making you to become like a child of God. That is where your mind is going to focus on. This is the key to resisting temptation. I want you to know something. Set your mind on things above. That is the to resist temptations. Because if you set your mind on things above. What happens is that. The temptation that comes, all the things that come around, because your mind is set on things above, saints, you are able to overcome it. And God is able to show you a way around. We have laid a foundation right now. And the foundation is number one, set your things above. Number two, the mind of Christ is a renewing mind. It's a mind that is renewed. Come with me to I mean Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is that, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How does transformation come? Transformation comes by the renewal of your mind. Renewing the mind is an ongoing process. I'm not saying that we have to be perfect at this, but every day we have to understand that God is working on our mind and God wants the mind to be transformed and to be able to be transformed in conformity with the mind of Jesus. It's a renewed mind. It thinks differently. It doesn't see the way the world sees things. It sees things the way Jesus sees things. And that is why Job said that when all men are saying there, there is a casting down, I say there is a lifting up. Why? Because that is the difference between the mind of Christ. When everybody is saying that, hey, this is dead, everybody is saying that this is nothing going to come out of it. The mind of Christ says, hey, I see hope. I see a future. I see God who has plans for me. And I know I'm going to reach to the end of my purpose. The mind is renewed mind. When we come to Jesus, we have a mind that has been so much set on the things of the world. So we bring that to Jesus. And that is why people get confused all the time. You can be saved, tongue speaking, Christian, washed by the blood of Jesus. But if you check your mind, it's no different to somebody who's in the world. And that's what people forget sometimes. Salvation happens at levels. When God saved us, he saved saints, our souls. But you got to understand that when God has saved your soul, he's telling you this mind has to go through a process. So your soul is saved, but your mind can be in bondage. Your soul can be saved, but your mind can be in slavery. Your soul can be saved, but your mind can be in the world. So he says that now that you are saved, I don't just want you to be saved, but I want you to renew the mind because before you were saved, your mind was set in a particular way. You had the mindset, and the mindset simply means the way your mind is set. Maybe that happens through your upbringing in your home. That happened in your environment in the school. There is a way our mind has been programmed. But when you come to God, he disconnects everything. He rearranged everything. And he wants you to take control over your mind. So And start thinking like Jesus because that's the mind that he's given to you. So let's say in the world you lived in fear. When you come into the kingdom of God, the mind that is renewed can no, no longer live in fear. It lives in hope because it has been renewed, not conformed to the old mind. But there is a new mind. And that new mind is not a mind of anxiety because the mind of Christ said, be anxious for nothing. But in all things with prayer and petition, make my request known before the Lord. I'm not going to worry, but I continue to live life. Why? Because he said, do not worry, but I've got you. Look at the lilies. Look at those flowers. Does anybody care about them? How do they grow and survive? By your father in heaven. He knows and he looks after them. How much more you? Saints, it's a renewed mind. Number two. Sorry, number three. It's a mind of humility. The mind of Christ is a mind of humility. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in where? Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, 
did not consider it robbery to the, I'm sorry, to not consider a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of bond servant and coming in the likeness of man. This is a different version I'm reading here. By being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of, of the cross. Saints, it's a renewal mind, not just renewal mind, but it's a mind of humility. Show me a child of God who say, I am a child of God truly, who has renewed their mind, and I'll show you a child of God who is full of humility. It's impossible to say you have the mind of Christ and not to be a humble person. How do you know when you are humble? How do you, how do you react when somebody corrects your mistakes? How do you react when somebody gives you feedback? Are you an all-knowing person? I know everything. Proud people who always blame others, they will never see anything from their side. Proud people will always have a way to justify their wrongdoing when even they are wrong and you are telling them that this is wrong. Proud people know who to manipulate to get them on their side and they do that by easily crying. They do that by making you feel guilty and they do that by you know, blackmailing people. If you're not going to be my friend, I'm going to die. If you're not going to be my friend, I'm going to do this. That's blackmailing people. And that is the spirit of manipulation. And proud people will not be viewed unless you are very sensitive to the spirit. You're going to feel sorry for them. You're going to feel like, hey, you're not, but you will not see beyond that to tell them the truth and say, hey, you are very proud. Change your habit. Change this thing. You're going to hug them. You're going to feel sorry for them. And you may be their best friend. You may be their father and all that. But you are doing them of no service because you are not, they are not going to be changed. They need to hear the truth. They need to be told. Proud people will always try to tell others everybody's wrong. They are right. Proud people will never accept their mistake. When you have such people, be very careful. They will come very softly, nicely. Oh, before you know, you are gone. The moment, the moment you disagree with them, the moment they don't have their way with you, the moment that you, you, you say the truth in their face, you become their biggest enemy. And all the secrets you've, heard, you've shared with them will be out there to the public. Proud people, but the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. You have to be humble person. You have to learn to be teachable. You need to accept when you've gone wrong and say sorry. You need to accept that, hey, I missed it this time. You need to be able to know that I don't know it all. You need to say, come on, teach me something. You need to be able to open up for feedback and say, thank you so much for telling me that. Proud people is very dangerous. But if you have the mind of Christ, you are humble. The thing about the mind of Christ is this. It's very evident. It comes with action because the Bible says even though he had equality with God, but he didn't consider himself like God, but he made himself nothing so that he could die on the cross. Without humility, Jesus couldn't have died. Do you know who Jesus is? He's sitting on the right side of the Father in his glory. Why would he come on this earth to die for such a painful death for something he didn't even do? But he chose to do that because the Bible said he humbled himself. 
Bible says that when you are proud, God will crush that proud. But the humble, he lifts up. That is why Jesus was always lifted up above every other name. Because the Bible says, because he did this, God lifted Jesus above all names, above principalities and power. Why? All because of humility. Number four, the mind of Christ is a mind that is sober mind. It's sober mind. It reflects. You know, unexamined life is not worth living. Unexamined life is not worth living. Life that you don't examine yourself and say, hey, how am I going? How are things going? Unexamined life is not worth living because you make the same mistake ever and over. You need to sit down and examine your life. And that happens when you have a sober mind. Sober mind. Come with me to 1 Peter 1.13. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, get up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. Therefore, get up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus Christ. Number one, you have to be sober. You have to know that time comes, you sit just what Jesus every now and then will move away from everybody. In his sober reflection, he just begins to pray. Communion with God. You need to be sober. You need to be sober. You need to be sober. You need to rest your hope. A mind of Christ rests your hope. Fully upon the grace of God. That is where anxiety kicks in. When your mind is not rest fully on the grace of God. That is when all these things can kick in. But I'm praying that it, no matter what is happening, you rest your mind on the grace of God. The grace of God is sufficient for us. The grace of God is able to provide. The grace of God is able to save. The grace of God is able to protect. The grace of God is sufficient for us. That is why he said to Paul the other day, my grace is sufficient for you. So every time you are anxious, every time you feel depressed, Take the mind, let the mind rest fully, not half-half, fully upon the grace of God, knowing I don't know where the money is going to come from. I don't know how the school fees will be paid. I don't know how the visa will be approved. But my mind is rest fully upon the grace of God, knowing that it is well with my soul, knowing that it is well with my kids. My mind is fully rest upon the grace of God. Wow. When I came across the scripture, it changed my life. And sometimes I literally do these things to my kids and lady pastor. And when they're beginning to panic about any situation, I say, where's your mind rested? Take their mind, let it rest fully upon the grace of God. And I love it. It didn't say let it rest on anything, but the grace of God. It is the grace of God that gave us Jesus. And the Bible says, if I have given you Jesus... Why will I not, along with Jesus, give you everything else? So when the mind begins to wander, pull the mind back and say, Mind, rest fully upon the grace of God. Because grace is the ability to do. Grace will give you what you don't deserve. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is not going to give you to take you to place where your own studies and whatever couldn't have taken you. The grace of God is the grace of God that sees beyond your sin. 
It's the grace of God that sees beyond your limitation. So when the enemy comes and tries to make you feel guilty in your mind, so you feel so low, look at what you did. Look at what you thought. Listen, you call yourself a child of God. Listen, let their mind rest fully upon the grace of God and say, yes, I missed it. Yes, I sinned. But the blood of Jesus upon Calvary washed away all that sin. And the mind is still rested upon the grace of God. And the enemy comes and says, you are filthy, you are nothing. And then you would let the mind rest upon the grace of God and say, listen, by his grace, I am who I am. By his grace, I am a champion. By his grace, I am a herd. By by his grace, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, by his grace. And then the doctor comes and the doctor said, look at you. This sickness is getting too much and it's dangerous. But you said, let the mind rest on the full grace of God. Why? In his grace is healing in the mighty name of Jesus. The mind of Christ is a mind that is rested fully on the grace of God. Saints, when you get, get time to teach about the grace of God, read about the grace of God, then you understand. He said, listen, if you understand grace of God, the grace of God, God is gracious. God is gracious. So when your mind is a mind of Christ, it's always rested fully on the grace of God. That's when you're able to tell, say, honey, listen, this business will survive. Don't worry, don't let, don't stress out. Let it be fully on the grace of God because in the grace of God, it, he will provide. He provides by his grace. He heals by his grace. There is nothing that we have that we deserve. There is nothing that God gives to, to us that we deserve. We don't. We all have it by his grace. As a matter of fact, you wake up by the grace of God. We are alive by the grace of God. So can you imagine a mind that is rested fully on the grace of God? Just watch that how life becomes. People like, are you really going through that? Why are you so calm? Why are you not panicking? Because my mind is rested fully on the grace of God. What a word. The grace of God. I can teach on this the whole, the whole day, ladies and gentlemen. The grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God, I went to bed. I don't know how I slept, but I woke up. Blood is ravaging through me. How did I make it? Somebody right now has been taken to the cemetery. Somebody is there. You know why I'm alive? Because of the grace of God. So no matter what I'm going through, do you think the same grace cannot take care of me? Do you think that the grace of God will let me fail? Do you think that the grace of God will disgrace you? No. Let this mind rest fully on the fully grace of God. The full grace of God. Hallelujah. The mind of Christ is a mind that is rested fully on the grace of God. And saints, if you can apply these things in your life, you're going to see anxiety has no way in your mind anymore. Depression has no way. Why? Because anything that the mind is rested on, if it's worried, if it's anxiety, whatever it is, it will dictate your life. Your mood swings, your attitude, your everything. But when you wake up and you let the mind, tell the mind, talk to your mind and say, listen, you at the mind of Christ. From today, 
is under new management. You are under a new management. I'm telling you these things. These are things you got to do, practical things I'm teaching you. Tell the mind. And as soon as you said that, that mind needs to comply with the word of God. Because according to the word of God, you have the mind of Christ. So say, hey, mind, do you know who you are? You are the mind of Christ. Why are you fearful? Why are you trying to bring me fear? Why are you trying to give me worry? That is not me. I'm not going to respond to that. You are under a new management, and I'm taking authority over you right now, and I'm going to tell you who you are so that you don't dictate me what I become. You are the mind of Christ, and you from today will rest on the full grace of God. Are you thinking what I am thinking? God has a plan for you, saints. Do you know that God's plan that he has for you is all his thoughts? Can I say it again? God has plans for you. Every plan of God that he has for you is all in his thoughts. So let's see what God is thinking about you. Philippians 4.8, as I conclude. God has a plan for you. Let's see what the thought of God is like. So that he's asking you, are you thinking what I am thinking? Finally, I love the word, finally, brothers, finally, finally, brothers and sisters, talking to Christians, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or trustworthy, think about such things. Our negative thoughts can create anxiety, anger, resentment, jealousy, a race of emotions. Negative thinking can lead you to depression and self-destructive behavior like addictions, derailing from us from what God wants us to have in life. Negative thinking will sap your energy. You go around negative people, they will sap your energy. <laughs> they will take away your self-confidence. Negative energy will always put you in a bad mood. So as I just was reading a story of an old man who was telling a grandchild a story, it says he was teaching the grandson about the mind. He says, there is a fight that is going on inside of you. And these two represent, the fight is being fought by two wolves. The first wolf represents evil, anger, envy, sorrow, regrets, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority complex, lies, false pride superiority and ego that's one side of the soldiers that is fighting them the other side he says to the grandson the other side is this joy peace love hope serenity humility kindness benevolence empathy generosity truth compassion and faith the boy asked the grandfather and said, so 
grandpa. Who's going to win this battle? The grandpapa looked at the boy and he says, where are they fighting? He says, they are fighting in your mind, I told you. So who's going to win at the end? The grandfather looked at the son and said, son, grandson, the one you are going to feed will win. If there's two wolves who are represented by these things, the one you feed will win. Because the more you feed it, it gains more strength. The more you feed it, it gains more grounds. The more you feed it, it gets more ammunition. So the whichever one you want to win is up to you now. Saints, there's battle in our minds. And God is saying, who, the one you allow to win is the one you will feed. If you feed negativity, you feed fear, you feed if all the things you feed, it will begin to defeat your life. You see your life and you realize that your life is as a result of the things you are feeding. My question this morning is what are you feeding in your mind? Saints, this is a very critical message. And it's going to save you from because the world we're living in is not, I'm telling you, it's not a better world. So Jesus even said to the disciples, I'm sorry to tell you the truth. In this world, you're going to have many troubles. Many, many of them. Jesus saying that to the disciples. Say, yes, I know. You're going to have many, many things to worry, may cause you to worry. Many things that may cause you to panic. Many things that will cause you to be fearful. But hey, that is why I gave you my mind. So you can still be in here, but not of here. You can be in here and still win the battle. So saints, which one is going to win this morning? Which one are you going to feed? I pray that this morning you're going to feed joy. I pray that this morning you're going to feed peace. I pray that this morning you will feed love. I pray that this morning you will feed hope. I pray that this morning you will feed humility. I pray that this morning you will feed serenity. I pray that this morning you will feed kindness. I pray that this morning you will feed truth, compassion, generosity, and faith. And this morning by divine authority, we crush anger, we crush envy, we crush sorrows, we crush regrets, we crush greed, we crush arrogance. We are not going to feed it. We're going to starve it until it dies in the mind. Mighty name of Jesus.